And welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Dr. Jeremy, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Ms. Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman Ali of TheConjureMan.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week we will be joined by a special guest, me, from Chaz Seattle, or Chop, Chaz and Chop. Actually, they're sending the police in today, bringing us today's topic (laughs) of hair and fingernail spells and magic. We will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as defined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening. But if you're selected from among those who have signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and have called into the show, then you will be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first we're going to catch up with our co-hosts, Miss Kat and Conjure Man Ali. How are you guys today? Oh, well, I am uh, pretty enthusiastic, but probably you got me beat. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to hear they're sending in the police today. Can you elaborate? Yeah. I've been told I've been told by a longtime listener and forum uh, chat participant Tony I who texted mm-hmm. me and said earlier, I hope you're safe and I said, Why, what's going on? And he said, Well they're they're sending in the cops apparently to deal with the whole Chaz Chop thing today. And I, I said, oh, so I, I jumped on online, and I, I didn't find very much about it, but my, my kids did, and, and, uh, but then I had to prepare for the show. So I'm just kind of taking cover during the show, uh, uh, but that's it. Wow. <laughs> okay. Apparently, uh, so I'm told. She whiz. Well, be safe. I hope everyone up there in – in uh, Chaz and Chop, Seattle land is going to be safe. I'm sure we'll read about it later. Wow. Um, okay, so um, what's happening here is um, I got a quick question actually in the chat before we started. Um, it was asked, I wonder what kind of oil Miss Cat smells like today. Actually, mm. today I didn't do any oils. They didn't bring them uh-huh. I guess they just didn't need any. So today I smell like typesetting and um (laughs) i smell like you know slowly decaying paper paper that's oxidizing over the years and that's what i'm smelling like (laughs) at least it's not like a mimeograph machine oh no i don't smell like like core flu um so um but 
I do remember the days of core flu. Um, so, no, I, I've been um, doing updates and corrections on some books we're reprinting, which means I have my nose in the books, then I have the original typesetting, which I'm now changing, and, um, you know, making corrections, updates, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I'm, um, you know, just that's what I was doing. So... Um, Kind of a boring day as far as the outer world is concerned. They won't see that much of it until later. Uh, I have been enjoying working on Hoodoo Psychics every Saturday, and I want to give a shout-out to all those people who have been calling me for Hoodoo Psychics. I just had my best month in terms of hours spent and money earned in the last um, two or three years. So that was really cool to know that people are enjoying me. Um, I, previous to this uh, year, I had not kept regular business hours at Hoodoo Psychics. I'd just jump on when I felt like it, jump off, say, hey, I'm on, hey, I'm off. But um, Deacon Millett, who runs Hoodoo Psychics, convinced me I would do better if I had a regular office hours. And I have been keeping regular office hours every Saturday from 1 to 5, and sometimes a little longer if, if dinner is late. Uh, Nagashiva makes dinner for me, so that is... You know, I don't have to go anywhere. If dinner is late, I stay on till dinner. And I've been enjoying it, and people are beginning to pick up on the fact that I am on Hoodoo Psychics every Saturday from 1 to 5 and sometimes longer. And so for that, I thank everybody, and thanks for calling me. That's my news. And um, how about you, Conjurman Ali? Oh, you know, busy as usual, though. Uh, the July month is always a weird month. Uh, for me, because it's kind of right right in the middle of summer. So I'm usually finishing up projects, and then I start asking myself, do I have time to start a new one? Because, you know, school usually starts end of August and beginning of September, as well as sort of other things, conferences and whatnot. So July, whenever July shows up, it's always a reassessing month for me. It's always the question of, do I have time to finish this other project? Do I have time to start something new? Uh, so I'm really in the in the kind of midst of wrapping things up, putting some finishing touches uh, on some candle work, putting some finishing t- touches on some writing and research, uh, finishing up some, some reading, and then spending July kind of reassessing uh, everything. So we're, we're, we're in the weird kind of end of one stage, beginning of another, which happens every year, you know, the kind of cycle that, that my life has taken on. Whenever July starts, it's that transition for me. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Well, I know you're a, a busy, busy bee. Um, the other thing I'd like to do before we bring in our guest is to give some birthday greetings. Um, it mm. looks like we have two people, if I didn't misread this, two people who are having birthdays. Uh, Doc Murphy, who has... Ah. Yeah, uh, otherwise known as Magic Murphy. Doc Murphy of Paganistan is having a birthday today. And um, Risen Raven seems to also be having a birthday, if I didn't read that wrong. And um, well, Happy birthday. Yeah, so happy birthday to folks who are here. And um, we've got quite a lot of people in the chat today. And uh, happy birthday greetings are going up from everybody. Um, All righty. Well, today we're going to have um, a special guest who some of you already know. (laughs) That's a joke. Um, 
<laughs> we have as our guest our announcer. Sometimes we do this. We throw our co-host in as a guest. We throw our announcer in as a guest. We we uh, interview ourselves. And today our guest is Dr. Jeremy Weiss from um, drjeremyweiss.com, I think, or templeofmiriamtheprophetess.com. I can't announce him because he knows he's the announcer. <laughs> but um, a member of AIR, one of the uh, current chief writers of AIR, almost every other new AIR page has been written by Dr. Jeremy since uh, last August. He's really writing up a storm. He's a great writer. Um, beautiful topics, presentations, um, illustrated pages. So if you um, if you like Dr. Jeremy, you might want to follow readersandrootworkers.org and see what he's up to. He's not the only one doing them. I'm writing some. Miss Michael is as well. Um, Lady Muse, everybody, you know, Nagashiva, even Papa Newt pops in from now and then and, and throws up some stuff. So we're all working on it. But Jeremy has kind of started to run with this um, writing pages for air. So I really love him for that. Um, oh, Risen Raven says we're a little premature. Risen Raven is going to turn 40 on Wednesday. Well, better early than late. So happy birthday in advance. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, let's bring uh, Dr. Jeremy on with our topic. But let's say hi to him first, and then I'll introduce the topic. Hi, Jeremy. Welcome, hi. welcome. Thank you. Hi. Hi. So what's been new in your life? How are things going in Seattle besides the um, fantabulous protests and uh, counter-protests? For me, things have been status quo, uh, really. Um, I don't leave my house very much, even though the weather is gorgeous. I've been, uh, you know, because of the coronavirus and the stay-at-home order, so I'm trying to be compliant and a good boy and spending a little bit of time uh, using my VR, uh, virtual reality uh, headset to get some exercise and, um, and <laughs> doing some research and readings and, and, uh, and com- communing and, and talking with friends online and, and by phone uh, and uh, giving a lot of readings, yeah, and doing spell work, yeah. Yeah. Well, I you know, I see you uh, posting with your uh, those little amulets you make that are just wonderful. And I know that um that book of lot casting that you did is selling very nicely. Um mm. I hope to see it come out in a more um what we might call a more popular priced edition. Uh but right now it's um a limited edition and um of a hardback, really a great book. And um so, and doing readings is is a good way to pass the time in solitude. It's like having guests and friends that you didn't expect. <laughs> you know, they they enter your life. They begin to tell you what's going on with their lives, and you begin to see a little map of what's happening in the wider world by doing readings. If I became a shut in. Uh, which I am right now, but if I became a shut-in for the rest of my life, I think I would do readings for the rest of my life. It's it's kind of like um, it's kind of like pen pals with psychic. Inside. I don't know. It's it's it actually brings me pleasure. Do, do you know what that means, Jeremy? I it, absolutely mm. know exactly what you mean because uh, you know, as you know, I'm a physician, and mm-hmm. and <clears throat> for me. Um, part of healing was the compassion 
and and spending time, the empathy and and being with the patients, um, and bringing that to the table. Um, now I've I've retired from that, and I'm finding myself in the midst, of, like we all are in this in this COVID crisis where we're all you know shut-ins, and mm-hmm. um, I can't possibly really be. Uh, a physician in this in this in in this environment right now uh, effective. So the only thing I can do is um, help people and do readings. And I and it's been sort of mm, a wonderful transition from from medicine because it still involves that that compassion. I still get a chance to exercise that muscle and the uh, mm-hmm. and and make friends and. And talk to check in on people and see how they're doing and and you know this is a time of need for a lot of people and my mm-hmm. job my my mission in life is to is to help uh, help people settle in and and be be happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So me- yeah. So so what you're what you're actually in a way when you're doing readings it's like being on call as a physician. It's absolutely like that, actually. And I had the other. I had. <laughs> I went went also on Hoodoo Psychics uh, the other week, uh, last week, and I did have a little bit of a pre Hoodoo Psychic call anxiety. Um, so mm-hmm. I thought it was very funny because <laughs> it was like being, you know, as a physician, you always have call anxiety. You're always afraid that your mm-hmm. beeper is going to go off, right? But <laughs> while I was I was like a little bit nervous that at any time my pager could go off and someone could right now need a psychic reading. <laughs> right. Well, it's interesting. It's interesting training. I know a lot of people who were nurses and retired from nursing, um, either due to age or to bodily stress and strain, mm-hmm. and they make very good readers too because they're very compassionate. Um, and they also are good at diagnosis, and uh, doctors are... I mean, diagnosis is half the name of the game. You know, diagnosis is half, treatment is the other half. And um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, it makes. I think it makes a person a really good reader. All right. Um, well, um, I'm going to uh, bring us to our topic today. Our topic is hair and fingernails in magic spells. And we're going to talk about hair and fingernails in several different folkloric traditions today. But I think what we're going to start with is I'm going to give a little um, kind of a list of the way that hair and nails are categorized a bit in hoodoo, because that's my area of expertise. So I'm just going to uh, put these through. Um, Types of hair. And what, when people say hair, what do they mean? Well, they can mean head hair, beard hair, armpit hair, chest hair, genital hair. Right? These each will have a different meaning based on the part of the body. One of the things that sets hoodoo aside a little bit is that the armpit and the sweat of the armpit are given a little extra emphasis in hoodoo compared to, say, English folk magic. Um, beard hair is given a little less emphasis in hoodoo, whereas it's given much more emphasis in Northern European folklore and folk magic, probably because of the genetics of longer beards, bigger beards in Northern Europe as opposed to Africa. And genital hair is 
valuable everywhere, of course. Chest hair, again, varies by genetics among Native American people who have very little chest hair. Typically, chest hair is not as important in Northern Europe, where chest hair is sometimes quite florid. It becomes an emblem of strength. But among people who come from genetic groups that have less chest hair, it's not as important. Head hair is always important. It represents the mind. Um, Cutting hair versus shed hair um, is something that I'm asked about a lot. But actually, there's no real difference in terms of its validity. Although recently, there have been a lot of people in um, YouTube land, ignorant YouTube land, who say, oh, you need to have the root of the hair for the CSI, the DNA. No, it's just that's not what it's about. It's just hair, okay? Um, the the um, invalidity of wigs and extensions, I'm always asked about this. Can I use a wig? Can I use extensions? No, especially if these are natural hair from an Indian woman who has donated her hair, it's been processed and sold, and say so you're going to cast some hatred spell on this piece of hair that came from your rival girlfriend, right? No, you're casting a spell on some unknown Indian woman in, you know, in Bihar or wherever. I mean, you know, she's in Calcutta. What? That's not a nice thing to do. <laughs> it's her hair. And and if you cast a spell um, on a artificial hair, well, what? You cast a spell on DuPont chemicals? I'm I'm sorry. It just doesn't fly for me. You well, know. That's a good thing. That might be good. <laughs> it <laughs> might. Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. You then then we then I'm gonna just I'm just going to go through a couple of miscellaneous hair beliefs. Again, this is from hoodoo primarily. And the miscellaneous hair beliefs that are found in hoodoo, and these are also found in um, uh, Mediterranean uh, culture and um, uh, in African uh, culture generally, um, that burning your hair protects you from spells being cast on your hair. And not allowing birds to get your hair um, to use in building their nests is important because if birds build their nests from your hair, depending on the culture or folk belief that your family was taught you, it'll either cause headaches, cause migraines, or it can even cause insanity. So those are some of the hoodoo beliefs about hair. Okay. Now, I'm going to wait on nails, and I'm going to turn this over to Jeremy. So now Jeremy's going to give us some some hair beliefs and hair spells from his knowledge. Well, um, uh, I, I, before the show, tried to look up um, some hair beliefs, and I found three, three good ones um, that, I, that I really liked. One was um, about hair ribbons, and that hair ribbons worn in one's hair protects against the evil eye. And that hmm. is actually found in the Talmud in two different places as an anti-evil eye thing. And it's not hair, uh, it's hair ribbons worn in the mm-hmm. hair. Shabbat uh, 53A and 57B, if you want to look at and these. And I, qu- I got a question. What color of hair ribbons? It doesn't say. It doesn't okay. say. But it's felt to be... Uh, uh, my understanding is brightly colored. Ah, uh-huh. okay. It, it doesn't specify. 
Mm-hmm. Now, this is one that harkens back now. I know that you and I have talked about this before because you're, uh, one of your relatives had had this belief. But in, in, in uh, Jewish belief, it's important um, that you not cut out matted hair. And demons mm-hmm. come and entangle your hair at, the, at, in, at, at night and cutting mm-hmm. it off. It's a court mortal danger, so you mm-hmm. have to spend time un- undoing, you know. Un- yeah, undoing. Yeah. yeah. You have to undo it. This was definitely in my family, and um, as a little girl with longish hair, I was threatened with having my hair cut if I couldn't keep it untangled because it took too long to untangle it, and um, especially once I slipped on bubble gum, and. It took alcohol, and it was just a mess, and my hair could not be that could not be cut out because demons would be set loose in the world mm. yeah the third one that I found about about hair is really about wearing henbane in your seeds uh in your hairline. To obtain a favorable ruling from a judge, do you place henbane seeds filling their husks into the hairline above your forehead for a favorable ruling, a court ruling? That's really bizarre. Okay, I'm just going to say that one is so strange because. Um, first of all, all y'all know, henbane is like seriously deadly toxic, poison, 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 right? Um, but what's interesting about this one to me is that it is a form of ordeal poison and um, in a court situation. Um, and ordeal poisoning in, in court is something that's found in African uh, um, magic generally. You know what I'm talking about, Ollie. Right. The trial. Uh-oh. The trial. Yep. You're yes. right. Or well, ordeal poisons are used in um, in court cases. For instance, in yeah. Hoodoo, there's an old um, lingering uh, custom from Africa, which is to take um, uh, malagueta pepper or grains of paradise, which are yep. highly spicy. Burn your t- burn the underneath of your mouth and you put them under your mouth under your tongue you know along where your salivary glands are and you Mm -hmm. have to have them or chew them while you're speaking in court um and there are other things of that nature um um, court case root or little john to chew which is related to the um grains of paradise they're both in the ginger family they're both very very hot very uncomfortable and the idea that you will tell the truth through the pain so this Mm -hmm. is kind of even uh, in that idea that you're putting something poisonous on your head, I I would caution against this one myself. Just saying, I mean, who needs henbane seeds? I mean, you know, really. But it's it's fascinating. <laughs> it's not really. Yeah, yeah. Very very strange. How about you, Ollie? Do you know any hair customs that you can supply either from um, from Hoodoo or from uh, Arabic culture? Yeah, what's interesting is that the burning of hair is seen as a protective act in Hoodoo. In mm-hmm. uh, Arabic tradition and in North African tradition, uh, burning of hair is used to influence somebody. 
So there's a, you can see that there's intention plays a big role here. So a very famous a spell to drive someone kind of crazy with love for you is to get a little bit of their hair and add it to incense of cardamom, saffron, rose petals, and sandalwood. And you mix it together. You put a little bit of the hair in. You light the entire thing on fire. You put it on the charcoal. And as it burns, you call out their name and their mother's name so-and-so, the daughter of so-and-so, or whose mother is so-and-so. And you do this for a period of seven days, and eventually it, the fire is going to seep into their mind vis-a-vis the hair. So hair has this kind of interesting component in that it can be used to influence people with fire, or you can burn your own hair in order to keep it from falling into the hands of people who want to influence you, as you pointed out. So I'm going to ask again, what were those herbs? I got cardamom. What was the cardamom, rest? Cardamom, saffron, mm-hmm. rose petals, and sandalwood. Oh, what a wonderful combination. That actually would smell oh, yeah. quite good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I'm going to write that down. Well, can you share one, Jeremy, with hair? Mm. Uh, yes, I can. Uh, this one... Is uh, a love spell with hair, but it, it also has fingernails in it, um, and uh, and 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 so it well is a good crossover. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. So this one is uh, your cut your is your fingernails and your toenails and your pubic hair are mixed together and burned into a powder. And just mm-hmm. this powder is then placed in a glass of standing water for nine days and then served to the the, the target as a drink. Uh, that's wow. what you want to fall in love with you. Wow. Okay. Um, th- so... That's a for a love potion, right? That's a, a love yeah. potion. Okay. Well, I'm going to throw in another um, hair one before we move on to fingernails. So um, this is a this is an old, you know, an old one. If you want to control somebody, you get their hair from their head. This is to control their mind, and um, you can um, put it inside an egg, and bury the egg under their house. Um, of course, you're going to write their name on the egg, or do whatever you're going to do if you, you know, um, you, you know, poke a hole in the egg and all that, put their hair in it, and you're going to call into it what you want. Another um, hair spell is with your hair. So you take your hair, and this works particularly well with women who have longish hair. You take your hair, head hair, or pubic hair, but let's just start with head. You take your head hair and thread it on a needle, and you get the man's hat or cap, and you thread that hair on the needle into the lining of the cap in such a way that it can't be seen. You clip it off at either end, and you can actually go, depending on how long your hair is or how many hairs, you can go all around the head, and you've made a... um, a spell, which of course is calling as you do it, for him to think of you. Um, whenever he wears this hat, you know, you're on his mind. You can use your pubic hairs if you want sex with sex with you to be on his mind. You can also take your pubic hair, thread it on a needle, and put it in 
stitch it into the fly of his pants, you know, that little um, flap there that's double-thick layers, and you kind of put it in again, and, and you call that he may never open his pants except for you to you. In other words, he won't be able to unzip or unbutton mm. for any other woman but you. And your pubic hair then becomes the guardian of his fidelity. Okay? Mm. Yeah. You've reminded me of uh, of of a spell uh, of influence that one can use to influence, but it's sort of hair indirect. Okay, are you ready for this mm-hmm. one? You take. Do you know when you use a hairbrush and you grab it by the handle, and that that when they make them, they commercially produce them now. Those little the little uh, spikes that come out are on like a cushion and sometimes mm-hmm. you can grab that that those spikes in that cushion and it separates from the ha- from the handle right mhm mhm and underneath there is a little pocket and you can put a petition with the 23rd psalm in your petition in there wow what what you want to influence you know to put an idea in someone's mind and then you put it back, right? And then every time they're brushing their hair, they're brushing it with your petition. Right? Wow. Putting that That's fantastic. A, a doctor, a tricked um, hairbrush. So um, Reiki for Better Living asked me, any particular color of thread? And I think you misunderstood me. The hair is the thread. There is no thread. Mm-hmm. You're taking your hair and threading it into a needle Putting, that, putting it in, drawing it through in between in that seam area or in the lining, and then clipping it off at either end so you don't see the hair. Okay, um, Okay. well, let's, go, let's move on to nails for a moment. So, again, I have a, a list here of, um, of some ideas, types of nails. And this is from Hoodoo, again. Fingernails. Um, one fingernail makes a good personal concern. Uh, just you know, it's just a good thing to have. Five fingernails from the dominant hand for strength and power, if they're your own. If you want someone to work for you and earn money for you, you would use those that way. The five from the dominant hand. Five from the non-dominant hand, which is usually considered to be the left hand, for emotional connections, and in particular, the left ring fingernail for marriage. And uh, yeah. if you want. Marriage spell, yeah, okay? um, and all ten is very common. You want all ten for a complete love binding, and on the toenails, I don't know of any special like one toenail, two toenail, but there is all ten toenails, and that's used for a stay at home or stop wandering spell. It could be put in a mojo, for instance. Fingernails and toenails often end up in mojos. They can also be used um, in other ways but those are those are common hoodoo ways to um uh use them okay um mazeppa says if they get rid of the hat or pants what do you do after well you do it again mazeppa says nagashiva <laughs> <laughs> you do it again you do it multiple times you do it for the rest of your life if you need to okay <laughs> And yeah, Raven Raven says, Mazeppa, hopefully you have more pubic hairs. <laughs> <laughs> There's such a very right. famous uh, 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 working that involves 
the uh, fingernail that you get from your left ring finger. Uh, what mm-hmm. you do is if you want, if you can't get the nail of the person you're trying to influence, then what you'll do is you'll cut your nail. And you're supposed to do this uh, while the moon is waxing. You're supposed to do it, uh, you know, you know, a couple times, two or three times. And you gather mm-hmm. the three nails and you place them into a small jar, and then you bury it in the backyard of the person you're you want to be your future partner. What this will do is get them to eventually propose to you. And once they propose to you, you then are like, oh, honey, let me cut your nails. You then will cut their nails along with your nails, put it into a new jar, and bury it in the backyard. So it's a, you work with the nails in stages. At first, you don't have access to their nails, but you have your own nail. So you cut it mm-hmm. while the moon is waxing. You do three uh, a nail cut so that you have three little fingernails and you plate that in the jar and you bury that. That way you get your foot in the door. They, they're attracted mm-hmm. to you. They're drawn to you. You are now over their house. Once you're over their house, that's when you mm-hmm. get their nails. Mix it with yours, bury it again, and you will be together so long as the jar remains there. Right. Uh, that's really nice. That's really nice. A lot of people have asked me over the years, how do you get to cut someone's fingernails? And um, I came up with this on my own, but I found that other women had come up with it too. Um, you know, you offer the guy to play around a little and, um, you know, like to put his finger on your pubes. And then you say something like, oh, honey, that feels so good. But, you know, your nail's a little sharp. Can I just trim your nail?" <laughs> and you trim their nail right there in the bed. Usually, you know, with your with your pussy hanging out and and everything possible, they'll let you trim their nails right there. <laughs> I've done it many a time. <laughs> and I think there's a particular power to a nail that you trim, you know, while they're you know diddling with you. Oh yeah, totally. That's a really powerful way of getting the nail. And uh, a, a more, a, a less sexual but still quite romantic way of doing it is just a pamper session. Oh, honey, let me mm-hmm. bathe you. Oh, oh, let me cut your mm-hmm. nails. So you do a whole session where you, you kind of you pamper them, you bathe them, mm-hmm. you cut their nails, you say that you're going to give them a, uh, you know, a pedicure and a manicure. Guys love that. They might all mm-hmm. always admit it, but they love it just as much as anyone else does. And that's a way you collect it, and you can gather a little bit of the bath water. You gather a little bit of the ba- the fingernails and the toenails, and you've got some mm-hmm. good concerns to work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So as far as the um, the fingernails spells, I really like um, some of the ones that are used in a mojo for um, – a man to faithfully work for a woman. So if you get his um, five fingernails from his right hand, say he's right-handed, and you also get coins that he's given you, at least one, you want maybe a couple of coins that he's given you, that makes a really nice packet in which he's going to go out and work and bring the money home to you. Just a little mojo packet. And works excellently. I've done it myself, It's a, and I've done it for clients and it's an easy one to do. Um, if you feel like he's just doing the work and he, you want a little bit more um, personality, you know, more more emotion, you would get the left fingernails as well. And then something to symbolize the that emotional connection. For instance, if he gives you a bouquet of roses, you would dry um, five rose petals instead of five coins or in addition to the five coins. And so you now have 
five working fingernails and five coins, and you have five emotional fingernails and five rose petals. And that makes a nice little mojo bag. How about you, Jeremy? You got any more up your sleeve? For uh, fingernails? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Or toenails. uh, And toenails, right. Sure, sure. Well, you know, before, again, before I came on, um, I, I wanted to look a few things up about fingernails in uh, in uh, traditional hoodoo and see how it compares in in old Jewish folk magic. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I found, of course, is uh, the use of nails as, as scrines. And in mm-hmm. Hyatt, they talk about the little white spots on your nails mm-hmm. and <clears throat> There's a whole section in Hyatt's book about what these white spots uh, mean. It might mean how many different presents you're going to get. And each white spot on your fingernails discloses that you have told a lie. Or to mm-hmm. have white spots might signify wealth. I found it really interesting that um, there is a, a, a similar, it's considered to be, a fortunate omen, both uh, by uh, in at the African American hoodoo tradition, and um, <clears throat> and in the Jewish tradition, to have those little white spots. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna add a little something here because there's going to be people listening to our show who don't know what you met, said when you said I was looking in Hyatt. So we need to take a little introduction moment here. Reverend Harry Middleton Hyatt was an Anglo-American minister in the Anglican Church and became interested in collecting folklore as a teenager in um, Quincy, Illinois, in Adams County, Illinois, and went on to collect um, folk magic spells from 1,600 African-American helpers and participants and interview subjects from 1936 into the early 70s. And he published his books of these collections in the 1970s. So when someone says, this is from Hyatt, they don't really mean that this is from a man named Hyatt. They mean that Harry Hyatt collected um, thousands and thousands of spells from 1,600 people, and he sorted them, in some cases, by what the topic was. So that's what Jeremy was referring to. And I always have to say this because there's always going to be new people who go, what was that about? Who's Hyatt? What's that? If you want to read more about Harry Hyatt, um, I have a webpage um, at Lucky Mojo um, uh, called um, Hyatt.html luckymojo.com slash hyatt.html and also um, I have a page dedicated to his informants because in some cases we know their names. He lost the book in which he collected their names unintentionally when he had a move. The book ended up missing and so there is a, a problem there. So some of these people we only know by their informant number. He had a code book that had the numbers and the names correlated. But sometimes we do know their names, and we try to give them all honor. These people volunteered a lot of their time to preserve hoodoo, conjure root work traditions for Harry Hyatt. And his book was called Hoodoo Conjuration Witchcraft Root Work, five volumes. Okay, so just to, I just had to say that because I know from experience that people don't know about this stuff um, unless they've been listening to our shows a long time. Yeah. So, but go, now to go back to what you said, so 
Harry Hyatt collected um, some folklore of scrying the nails, looking at the nails for signs. I remember hearing that if you had a little white spot, it would be a coin, you'd have money. And um, there were other little things like that that, that indicated, you know, health and and um, for instance if you had ridges it was supposed to mean heart disease when i was a kid and it come to find out that doctors now say yes in fact ridges does indicate heart disease which was pretty amazing because i was told it is jewish folklore you know my family oh look at you know look at um grandfather teo look at all those ridges on his fingers he's going to have heart disease sure enough he died of a heart attack um so those are some of the um the interesting things now you um being Jewish, you also know about the inspection of the nails in Jewish folklore. So why don't you tell us about that? The 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 uh, you mean cutting of the nails? Or do you well, mean no, they're looking at the looking at, looking at the nails during the Havdalah. Yeah, for scrying, yeah. right? Well, that was uh, so. It was again interesting. I I found uh, sort of similarities in uh, African American traditions uh, of 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 the fingernails um you know looking into the fingernails portending certain events right so mm-hmm. uh the Havdalah ceremony is is a ceremony that uh happens every friday it it, it, it it's, a, it's a part of marking the sabbath and um at that time um uh the, the women uh, will wet their fingernails, and in the candlelight, they are supposed to be able to see the face of their future husband. So it's a- <laughs> that's great. And the candlelight, by the way, the candle is lit for the Sabbath, right? I mean, that's what yeah. It's not just random candles. It's a Sabbath candle. Yeah, it is that's- right. And. And it's a, that's similar to the to the Havdalah candle has a that has a, a syncretic sister candle in hoodoo. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So so that's an old old custom. Now I'm curious, uh, Contraband Ali, is there any fingernail scrying in Arabic folklore? There is, but not with just the the fingernail itself. Uh, a fingernail that's been painted with a uh, black ink usually the thumb, uh, is used by people who are uh, sahers or sorcerers to scry. Um, and there's a whole uh, tradition of locating sorcerers or finding witches by looking at their thumbnails and they say, ah, it's painted, this person scries. Usually it's an indication of sort of like an enemy sorcerer or someone who, because it's meant to be a secret way of scrying, they're not peering into a crystal ball, they're not looking into a bowl, they're looking into the nail. And usually it's the story or the kind of narrative that come out of this talks about how a strange person comes in and would ask you all sorts of questions. And as you're answering, they'd be peering into their black fingernail. In other words, testing your, your answers. And so there is a sort of tradition associated with fingernail scrawling, but it's not just the natural nail. It's a painted Mm -hmm. nail that's used uh, with ink to scry. So that's why it's like like obsidian. It's like using almost like obsidian. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's a, that's an amazing one. Have you ever heard of that one, Jeremy? No, not that is fantastic. No, that's like, that, that is fantastic. The only thing that I can think of like that, that reminds me of that is staring into a, using a cup of black coffee, uh, you know, but that's, 
similar, but wow, uh, a painted oh, fingernail. Gosh. Musical intrusion, musical intrusion. I had some dreams. They were clouds in my coffee. You just mustn't mention certain things around me. Everything turns into a freaking song. <laughs> that is too funny. Well, um, you know, I, when, <laughs> that's a song called You're So Vain. And the line, um, I had some dreams. They were clouds in my coffee. I always thought she meant she was crying. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think that she did. <laughs> there is a, uh, another tradition which is actually related to fingernails and it has some connection with hoodoo. This is actually a West African uh, tradition. And I wonder if this particular, because in hoodoo you have almost the exact same thing, and I wonder if it's the same root. But the idea is that you have to be careful around uh, an enemy because what they can do is reach over and lightly scratch and you're not looking, lightly scratch some of their fingernail into your food. Like, we're not talking about like a hunk of nail that you're going to choke on, but just like if they have their nail just long enough, they can sort of scratch a couple pieces really quickly into your food or drink. And this is a way of dominating someone, of getting your nails quite literally into them. And it is also a hoodoo tradition. In Virginia, um, the two things that you can dominate a man with is menstrual blood, uh, or fingernail. And there's a other tradition of bath water and whatnot. But the fingernail and the uh, menstrual blood are considered the most powerful. It's a way of really getting yourself into that person. So you can use your fingernails just very lightly scratching a little bit of it into their food or drink. And again, not a big old chunk that they're going to chew on. It's just a small mm-hmm. flake. Wow. Oh, all right. Well, um, Everyone in the chat room has, is now quoting all the lyrics of Carly Simon's You're So Vain. And everyone is singing along together in the chat room. And, and, and Doc Murphy says, and there were backup vocals by Mick Jagger. We're going to have that song we're all, stuck in my We're all head. having a moment. We're all having a moment. Sorry for the digression. This is what intrusive music does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um yeah. So well, um, in, go ahead. In, go in, ahead. in the other in the other uh part of uh the other thing that I noticed when I was looking through that section of, of Hyatt was in Hoodoo there's a, a, a lot of um uh uh the, 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 there's a lot of discussion about when you should cut your nails. Mm, so mm-hmm. you should cut your nails mm-hmm. on a Monday for noon. And Tuesday for a pair of shoes, and Wednesday for wealth, and Thursday for health, and Friday for woe, and Saturday for a journey to go, and Sunday for evil. If you trim your nails on Monday, a letter comes to you. A Tuesday will bring a new garment. Wednesday cares a few. Thursday brings you riches. Fridays bring you joys, loves, and Saturday brings misfortunes and troubles to annoy. This is a little bit different, but but also similar to some of the Jewish traditions about which order to cut your fingernails in. We we in the Jewish magical folk magic traditions, there is a specific order that you need to cut your fingernails in otherwise that it could result in death of your children or poverty or uh, or stupidity even and forgetfulness so mm-hmm. or it could cause a bad reputation but it's so interesting for for the Jewish folk magic tradition it's, it's order and in Hindu mm-hmm. it's the day of the week 
Well, that little rhyme, and I'd like you, I just wrote here, Jeremy, please supply that little English rhyme in our chat log because that's important. That is an English rhyme, and um, the way it rhymes, of course, isn't African, and the scansion of it, da-da-da-da, you know, it's, it's British. It's totally straight-up English. And so this shows, some, uh, to me, a very interesting part of hoodoo, which is African in its origin, but does contain inclusions from European traditions, and particularly British, Scottish, and Irish traditions. So this was uh, something that was collected by Harry Hyatt from an African-American person, not a British-American person, but it had entered into hoodoo and become accepted there. So that's fascinating to me. Um, I, I hesitate to relate it to the African uh, interest in the days of the week on which someone is born, which is mirrored also in British, you know, uh, Monday's child is full of woe, Tuesday's child has far to go, you know, that kind of a saying. Mm-hmm. But in, in uh, Western Africa, people are often named for the day of the week that they were born. So an interest in the day of the week of cutting the nails would be an, a logical transfer from British folklore to uh, African-American folklore. That's fascinating. Um, just amazing. Uh, really interesting mm-hmm. stuff to think about how cultures mingle. Now, there is you know, a lot of call, um, call for people to examine you know, uh, which culture owns a practice and which culture originated a practice. Or can practices be shared? But this uh, shows that um, without um, the... Um, I guess you could call contemptuous gaze of modern eyes, people were more willing to share magic in the old days. We find Jewish folklore in hoodoo. We find British folklore in hoodoo. We find hoodoo in uh, southern white traditions. Uh, and, and it's all mixed up. You know, it, it, it tends to be mixed up. Not primary, you know, you can separate them out. But um, that that one shows that here you have something that's solidly British in the middle of hoodoo. And um, mm-hmm, anyway, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. Doc Murphy says, "Yep, cultural ownership is a tricky concept and fairly recent." I agree, Doc Murphy. The idea of cultural ownership, I first began to really see it in the '70s um, with the Native. Graves Reparation Act and the movement toward the reclaiming of the bones of ancestors from museums, and it has gone on further. I mean, it's become more of a of a thing um, since then, and it has sometimes become an, a hotly contested topic. And it's particularly hotly contested when someone like me or Jeremy, who who are Jewish, or um, uh, Ali, who is um, of you know, Afghanistani and Arabic Muslim Fabian descent discuss hoodoo, which is black. And we say, but hey, we mm-hmm. recognize that as being one of our things. And there is that kind of like, how dare you? But it's true. You know, um, it it is what what has happened in the good parts of the past. You know, the past is grim in many, many ways, but there also is good sharing and, and um, nice uh, overlaps. So going back to fingernails, um, another one that I know is to um, cook up fingernails in when when making um, what's called stock, you know, for soups. You boil up all the bones and cartilage. 
And um, you can put somebody's fingernails in there because you're going to strain it all out afterwards. So if you want to get your clutches on somebody and you're going to be making soup and you're going to have pot stock, you're going to put all of your fingernails, all 10 of your fingernails in there and boil it to mark that as yours. This is similar to the Jewish one that Jeremy mentioned of and I believe that also Ollie mentioned one of burning the nails to ashes. But in here, you're going to boil it. It's a more domestic, more kitchen-like thing. And all the cartilage of the chicken or the beef or whatever you're going to boil up, you'll boil your nails with it. It'll all be strained out, and you're good to go. This relates also to menstrual blood um, in the soup stock. But that's a different topic, but they do overlap. Um, so uh, you know, it's just one of those things that can be done. Okay. Um, I was so. going to say that uh, one of the interesting things about fingernails, and and this is slightly different than I think hair also has it to a certain extent, but fingernails definitely, is that it's it's one of those personal concerns where you can use the other person's concern to influence them, but you're also using your own personal concern to influence them. So this is one of the things that people don't often think about when they think about personal concerns. They think of personal concerns as just, oh, I need to get their per- theirs, and that way I have control over them. But no, personal concerns, bodily fluids, hair can also be used in the other direction. Yours are powerful tools and powerful symbolical ways or spiritual ways of having influence over other people, whether they're ingesting uh, your fingernail or whether you're, as Kat mentioned earlier, sewing your hair into their pants all of these are ways in which you can influence directly that person. And I think fingernails and hair are far easier to do and quicker to do than uh, other, you know, personal concerns. So this is a way of kind of rethinking when you say personal concern, what it means. It's not just about capturing the other person. It's also about using yours in magical work, of using it to leverage your power. Yeah, that's right. That's right, because you you have a personal concern of yourself with which you're marking the spell. Um, and, of course, the third alternative, theirs, yours, and both of yours, right, together. And so um, you can, uh, you know, put them together in a packet or something like that. Also, um, there are things that you can do to your nails and uh, that are useful. And um, to influence others. Now, this this is all predates social distancing. But if you want to put um, a perfumed soap and put a little of that soap under your nails, like rose scented soap, um, that will give a love handshake. If you dress your nails with an oil, like fiery wall of protection, on your nails. Um, when you shake hands with that person, you're protected against any influence they try to. Um, put on you. If you put attraction oil on your nails, again, you're attracting them when you shake their hand or touch them or hug them or whatever. So dressing your own nails is um, a a good thing to do. Um, I have done this myself. The nails go, you know, you just oil them very lightly. Nobody notices it really. And you can use it for all kinds of things. Look me over is another good one to dress your nails with. And um, there are, you know, depends on what you want, you know, what, what what it is you're looking for in the relationship. I would not dress my nails with doom oil hoping to curse somebody. I think that's a little ragged and rough. 
Don't do that. <laughs> but but anything that you do in that regard, it is conveyed. It's a good way to convey. Um, and um, it's sometimes more subtle than putting it on the palms of your hands because they can feel you have oily hands, but they won't feel your nails. So um, and let's um, talk about um, powdering up the nails or parching mm. them and powdering them. We talked about burning them to ashes. Um, in in you can um, powder and parch hair or you know and, and burn it to ashes. I, I don't usually burn it. I would parch it, dry it. You can um, throw them in a coffee grinder, electric coffee grinder, and reduce them to somewhat of a powder. So the powder that you make from nails can also be used in um, sachet powders. Uh, I wouldn't yes. add it to incense because it will smell like burning protein, not a fun thing. But um, you can, um, uh, you know, put it in sachet powder that are used to powder the bed sheets or for love mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. Another thing I, I've heard, although this is pretty radical, um, you can take a hair, again, thread it on a, a needle, and run it down the middle of an unfiltered cigarette and clip it off. Um, That would be to have the person there breathing in the smoke and they would be breathing in you, whatever it is you wanted from them. Um, I've seen people prepare cigarettes that way. God knows what they smell like, but then on the other hand, cigarettes already smell so bad, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. and, and they might not catch it. It might, could I've seen people do it. I've never done it. Okay. Um, and um, unfiltered camels were actually what I was t- told to do it with Ooh, because oh camels, quote, they're the strongest, whatever. Of course, you could do it with galois and no one would know you had done it because they're even stronger. <laughs> so There's a... Um, there's a you were going to you were talking about how putting nails into sachet powders. It's actually a really old uh, technique for influencing someone's dreams. If you can powder your nails uh, and mix it with uh, essence of bendover and put it under their mattress, so mm. you got to be really sneaky about it. But this gives you a direct link to that person so that you can actually influence their uh, dreams. And then I've done it similarly where I've then used uh, the powder, split it in half, put half of the powder underneath someone's bed, and the other powder I dusted on my scrying mirror so that I could use Mm. the scrying mirror to enter their dreams. Mm. That's good. See, you're a great scryer, too. That's very good. Uh, Yeah, to enter their dreams. So you really, it's like you've left that little mark there. Um, Exactly. You've left the mark with the powders underneath their bed, and now you've got a direct connection with the powders you dust your mirror with. Wow, that's wonderful. All right, well, we've given you guys dozens of fingernail and hair spells. Use them wisely. Let's turn this over to Dr. Jeremy Weiss, our announcer. Uh oh, where is Dr. Jeremy Weiss? We've uh, lost him. Host Catherine Ironwood in Conjurman Ali, and this week's special guest, me, Dr. Jeremy. We'll be right back. 
support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners, located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and chat with our client. Amber, are you there? I am. I am here. Great. So nice. So Amber has written in. um, uh, Her question is about graveyard work. She needs a reading because she thinks that something is buried on me, and she wants to know how to release this condition. Is that correct, Amber? That's correct. Okay. Well, um, I think what we're going to do, because Jeremy is our our, uh, announcer and our reader, um, I'm going to ask you a few questions and then um, bring Jeremy on as your reader. So, Amber, sure. I'd like to know what sign of the zodiac you are. I'm a Libra. A Libra, okay. Mm-hmm. And um, how long have you felt this um, on you? How many years, months, days? Uh, years, probably um, maybe two years, but I've done lots of work since then, but I think this solar eclipse, lunar eclipse kind of thing sort of uh, brought it to light, you know, mm-hmm. where I, I feel that it's like more prominent. Something has brought it to light, and I believe it was the, the eclipses and retrograde stuff. Okay. So you're, this whole midsummer crazy has gotten to you, okay? Has, um, has yeah. Okay. Revealed so the, I'm, yeah, 2020 eclipses. It's been a rough ride for everybody. Um Yeah. Okay. But it's been a so, couple years, um, probably two years. Okay. Uh, okay. So let's turn this over um, to Jeremy. And uh, Jeremy's going to use a form of divination called sortilege. And for those of you unfamiliar with this, this is a way of asking a question and then finding an answer through, um, I guess you could call it a sifting process. But Jeremy will explain it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to do a little bit of uh, sortilege and uh, bibliomancy for you. Um, okay. Well, I, <laughs> okay. What I'd like to do is in uh, in the Jewish tradition uh, in the Bible, the Old Testament, uh, it's considered that there are seven prophetesses. And so what I've done is I have a symbol um, uh, of lots, and each of the lots, um, symbolize one of the seven prophetesses. And I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to ask one of the seven prophetesses to come forward and help identify themselves and then help us identify uh, scripture that will answer your question. Okay? Does that make sense? Okay. Yes. Great. Okay, so I'm closing my eyes now and I'm reaching in the bag and I've pulled out one of the lots. And this is a really interesting lot. It's the lot of Miriam. Miriam is um, a prophetess 
uh, who is uh, Moses' sister, and she's associated with the hand of Miriam, which is a symbol of protection. So um, your question really about a graveyard work, if I could distill it down, would you say that you're really looking to find out, um, have you been cursed? Is that really your question? I had to, like, summarize Uh, it. Yeah, you know, Hex, yeah, uh, well, you know, Hex, yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay, fabulous. Well, it's interesting. So that's what we're going to ask Miriam. We're going to ask Miriam uh, um, if you're you're cursed. And I do this as a process, and um, that that process allows me um, uh, to to select out um, uh, a scripture that is relevant to your question, have I been cursed? And Miriam guides me to the specific uh, scripture of the second book of Kings, chapter 2, verse 24. So I'm going to read that to you now. Is that all right? Sure. Okay. The answer to your question, which is, have I been cursed, is the second book of Kings, chapter 2, verse 24. He turned around, looked at them, and called down a curse in the name of the Lord. Then two bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of the boys. So I think that what Miriam is telling us is that indeed – there is a curse on you, and it's a pretty heavy one. It's a pretty heavy one. So that's my, that's my assessment. That's my divination. That's my reading. You are correct, and we're going to move on to another reading and then offer you some re- remediation perhaps. Thank you. Wow. That's, that's really interesting. I hope we can get the text of that scripture put into the chat log the the mauling by the bears. Um, mm. This is a this is a very important piece of scripture, and it really says that what's been sent after you is not just like one evil spirit. This is like a a spirit from the wild. You know what I'm saying? The bears. It's it's a it's serious. Okay, we just say that seriously. Okay. Um, okay. Now, uh, I'm going to uh, turn this over to Ollie, and I'm going to think about this because Ollie's going to do the next reading, and I'm going to come on with the root work after that. And I'm, I'm, okay. uh, yeah, two bears came out of the woods, thank you, and mauled 42 of the boys. That's important. Mm. The two bears, I'm just seeing this as, um, yeah. And it's not just you who's been hurt by this graveyard spirits. 42 people. I mean, a, a large number. We're not going to hold it you know, to exactly 42 as it says in the Bible, but it wasn't just you. There are other people who've been harmed also. Okay, let's turn this over to Ollie. Thanks, uh, Kat. So I've pulled three cards here to see what is going on in your situation. 
Uh, and the first card here is the six of pentac or the six of cups. And the six of cups is in a disadvantaged position. So normally this is a card that's a good thing. When we get it, we go, okay, it's a sign of a good gift, it's a sign of an exchange, it's a sign of fond memories. But the position that's in and the spread that I use is an indication that this is the problem. Something has been given. So this is not something that has been sent from afar. This is not some sort of person who's cursed you from a distance, but there's some type of physical object on there. Now, you said graveyard dirt, and it very well may be graveyard dirt. It could also be something that is hidden on the property itself. It could have been given as a gift, or it could have been hidden within a gift, or placed somewhere there. Uh, if there's flowers growing on your property, that's where you want to do some of this work, some of the kind of jinx-killing work that uh, I would highly recommend, and this cat can give you some recommendations on that, uh, around flowers, because there is a sense here, the picture here, she's a young boy giving a gift to uh, a girl, and this gift is what's hidden this thing. So it is something that has physically been given to you. It's not a spiritual act. It's not a symbolic act. Nor is it some type of ritual from afar. There's a physical presence. And so long as the physical presence remains, whether it's a dirt or an object or something that has been buried or hidden, then you will continue to feel that presence, feel that power that is exerting itself over your life. So you're going to need to do some physical work in removing it to either locate it or to uh, do, put some jinx killer on it. This can't just be uh, cleansing work on yourself. It work should involve the earth and the land uh, as well. Now you yourself have some ability and sense here. The high priestess shows up for you. The high priestess is a person who has spiritual abilities, who has some connection. You are really asking for confirmation. You already know the answer to a certain extent. You've seen it. You've felt it. Your intuition is giving you uh, some strong senses here. Follow that intuition. It also tells me that you have the power to deal with this matter that you have inner reserves of strength that you can draw upon and use. Use the wisdom that you're granted here, the advice that you're granted here, to apply it in the work that's given. You can help yourself here. Be warned, however, though, because the high priestess has at her feet uh, a small crescent moon. And the next card is the judgment, indicating that there is going to be a sort of another wave of this. You noted that the eclipse kind of revealed things. Well, there's another lunar eclipse coming in a few days. So this is very important for you. You're going to feel another sort of blast of this mess when this next lunar eclipse happens. But that you can bring balance into your life by undoing this mess using your own abilities, using the uh, advice the cat is going to give you. Cleansing work of yourself, your property, strong protection work. This should involve the calling upon some type of guardian, perhaps an angelic guardian or an ancestral guardian who will kind of act as a reverse or a counterbalance to this mess, to this kind of dark, wild spirit of the dead that has been invoked. So there, there needs to be uh, a sort of cleansing that happens of the property, and then you will be free from it. But note that you're not out of the wood yet. The next few days offer some trouble with the coming of the lunar eclipse. You will see another sort of blast from this mess. That's what I see here. This is hidden in some form of gift, some form of physical object. And then Kat's going to give you some root work advice on how to address that. All right. Yeah. Wow. And I, I, I think what Ali said with the high priestess, you are already a highly gifted or intuitive 
reader worker. Is that true? I mean, not, I'm a, it is don't true. Brag, I'm, a, but, I'm a graduate of your co- I'm a graduate of your course, and I am also a Wiccan high priestess. All right, ah, all are. right, there we go. <laughs> hey, Ollie wins a prize. That's what I call a hit. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So what we're saying here, and what he said is, you already kind of know this, but you wanted outside confirmation. You wanted a second and a third opinion. It's been identified. Um, this thing about the bears coming out of the woods has got—it's on my mind. I'm telling you, there's something there. Um, so, yeah. and what Ollie said about the courtyard in the Six of Cups made sense to me too. So I'm going I am, to... I'm in the desert. I'm actually, sorry, guys. I'm actually in the desert. And years mm-hmm. ago, when I worked with this individual who who cast this curse spell, whatever, uh, on me, years ago, she actually gave a gift to everybody at work, and it was like a little. Um, uh. Like a little candle holder, and I do have that. I actually put it in. I had oh, yeah, it put yeah. aside in a box. There you go. For a long time, a long, yeah. a long time ago, just in case I needed to use it against her. But it was in a box, and it's just put aside. She gave it to everybody, yeah. and this was years ago. So I do have. Well, that. there to go. She mauled forty-two little children. Yep. <laughs> yep. She, and that's she the gift. Distri- yeah, that's the gift. She, you got it. The gift was distributed to a multitude of people, and um, and you've got it around you. So, I would step number one. Let's let's ceremonially um, dispose of that. So, um, it's a, you say it was a candle holder. It's like a glass yeah. candle holder, a small one, like a votive. Yeah, a little glass candle holder. How lovely. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we're going to have to get rid of that, and I, I would. So I'm going to okay. say because there was also a call for an angelic helper or possibly ancestral, someone who's in spirit. It takes a spirit to fight a spirit in this case. Um, and by the way, I just want to say how glad I am to be able to prescribe for somebody who knows <laughs> this work and doesn't just Thank go, you. what? <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. All right. So I would first of all find some graveyard, um, some lonesome graveyard that has a good spirit in it that you're going to commit this material to the good spirit to take care of. So I have one question about the graveyard. Are, is that are you able to use memorial places where um, people put plaques um, at these? You oh, know, you the mean tree yeah, sites, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's a good question because it depends on how they're made. I've known people to literally go around and collect dust from the little edges, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, Uh I know people who have scraped mortar out of um, mausoleums of the edges. But usually you can just, if it's one of those, it's going to be some kind of an inward-facing building where you can have, you know, so if you're there and it's raining, you'll have all those niches. Is that what you're talking about? Like well, a columbarium? Like, well, like to bury it at the graveyard, I was just wondering if you're able to bury it at those sites as well to have, yes, you know, yes. help. So, but you're talking oh. about what's called a columbarium, where you go inside and they're all facing inward. and then, But there's still, it's a building. It has structure, right? So you're actually um, just well, burying it. It's a park. Do, it's actually a, like a memorial park with just trees. It's open. There's a playground. There's grass. And every so where tree, are the people? You have like where are the people? Oh, the where the the plaques are placed yeah. in front of the trees is like a little you know burial or memorial. You I know see. I mean? And so, so are the ashes scattered yeah. at those trees? Uh, yeah, they could. I'm sure. I'm sure if somebody wanted to do that, they could be scattering it at. They could scatter them at the trees or whatever. Most likely, yeah, most likely. 
Well, the question is, is it a graveyard or is it just a park with a bunch of plaques? You see, uh, and that's up to you. That you have to Because yeah. fi- I'm talking about a graveyard. I'm talking about a graveyard because you yeah, talked about a graveyard spell. So we're yeah. going to fight graveyard yeah. with graveyard. If you if you okay. believe that it is a graveyard, okay. But if you think it's a yeah. forest with a lot of names on trees, mm, that's different. No. And we're, you know, okay. okay. Mm-hmm. So if it's a graveyard, you're going to dig some, you know, bury it at that place where that grave is represented. Personally, I don't go in for all that newfangled stuff, and I would want it to be a a real graveyard. But that's okay. Whatever you like. I can't tell people how to pray or believe um, spiritually. So I'm just going to assume we're going to find a graveyard where you have a spirit who you're in contact with, who's a good spirit who will help you. You're going to take this um, candle, and um, first of all, we're going to you're going to give it a good um wiping down or washing down either in jinx killer oil uh or you're going to wash it in jinx killer bath crystals um you can powder it with jinx killer powder but you want to get jinx killer on it because you want to deactivate okay. it and okay, um, got it. so you know you can do whatever you however you like to do that and take it to a graveyard where there's a spirit that will work for you and you're going to bury it there, and you're going to um, ask that it be held there and be rendered harmless. Okay. Now, there's okay. also the question of these bears, which weigh very heavily on my mind, because I'm such a literalist. Uh, these bears that came out and mauled the children, these are the, the spirits that she sent. I actually am going to make a recommendation that sounds so off the wall, can't help it. It just comes right from my heart. There's a charity for the saving of sloth bears called Wildlife SOS in India. They have a sloth bear conservation and care center for sloth bears that were captured when young, Rings were put in their noses, their teeth were knocked out, and they were made into dancing bears in India. They fought very hard to get this practice made illegal, and all of the remaining sloth bears um, who've been, quote, retired, and also little baby sloth bears that are found caught in traps go to this center, and they have more sloth bears than you can shake a stick at. And these are lovely bears, and they desperately need money. They're in India. It's, It's a poor country. And everyone is all about let's save the elephants, but whoever says let's save the bears, I want you to send them some money, and for the upkeep okay. of a couple of bears, they they they'll tell you send okay. us five dollars for each bear, whatever. Um, the bears all have names. I mean, it's a place, and I love them. I send them money. I really feel you want to make an offering to the bear spirits and send them back okay. happy and content. The bears are given fruit. These sloth bears eat fruit. And uh, there's videos. Look them up, Wildlife SOS, Sloth Bears. You'll see videos of happy bears in their enrichment enclosures. It's kind of sad because these bears should be in the wild, but they've been ruined. They've been damaged by people. Actually, they've when been mauled by people. The, when, when he talks about the bears, too, and like other people being hurt, I do have four kids who have suffered mm-hmm. um, from the curse as well. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, get make sure that they get also get protected. I'd like all of you to bathe in Jinx Killer bath crystals or do your laundry with Jinx Killer bath crystals in it. Um, it's a real good one for laying a curse. It's different than uncrossing, but this is to kill 
a curse rather than to take off a cross condition. Do you see there's a difference? Okay. And this yeah. this is basically like counteracting it and flattening it. And uh, you could even okay. use a little jinx killer around your house as well. But you got to get that thing out of your house. That has to go. Right. If you feel okay. compelled to bury it whole and upside down, I would go along with that. Upside down to put its light out. It's a candle holder. The idea was yeah. she, you were going to light a candle in this and she was going to see your light wherever it was and she was going to be essentially your um, you know, observer. It's a it's a particularly mm-hmm. gruesome kind of spell if you think about it. Okay, does anyone else have anything to add to this? Nope. Yeah, one briefly. Once you're done with all this, protection work. You gotta, and you know what I'm talking about. Make sure you yes. put up that okay. strong protection work. Keep yourself safe. Uh, you don't want now that the gift is gone, she'll never have, or this person will never have a strong connection to you again, but you want to be safe just in case. You don't want to, you know, for her finding out, oh, she's gone from my influence, time to start a new regiment of attack. So, protection work, whatever type of protection you work with, whatever type of guardian, whether it's an angel or a deity, call on them. Yeah. And And also... I would say if you like to work by the moon, and since you're a Wiccan high priestess, you might well like to work mm-hmm. by the moon, I would bury that mm-hmm. by the dark of the moon. Okay? Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. And when I do the, I think, the bath, the jinx, should I just do one bath, the jinx killer bath, one time, or should I do um, a whole yeah, regimen? Yeah, I think one is enough. This is, this is I okay. think one is, you're just going to get rid of this thing finally and forever. Okay? Okay. Um so that's what I would do. Um, all right. Now, um, I, I think we've, we've kind of run over time, and I'm kind of curious as to why we haven't heard our By a few minutes, yeah. Yes, we are over. Has Nagashiva lost control of the board? We wonder. Um, but we, ah, <laughs> he says, back. Where was he? We don't know. Um, well, my gosh, that was unusual. Um, I guess we're just going to have to turn this over to uh, Jeremy for the network announcement because we never heard any bumper music, Nagashiva. It was silent. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all right. All right. And now it's okay. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment with me, of me, (laughs) Dr. Take it away, me. Uh, so today's free spell um, is a love spell, and in keeping with our theme of of, of hair and nails, 
Um, I, I pulled this from my files of, of Jewish folk magic, and um, uh, it's, a, it's a very simple spell. It's four women, um, and they are instructed to take a hot bath and then cover their entire body with flour and, and mix this with the profuse amount of sweat that I believe is to be generated by that hot bath. Um, then this mixture, this essentially it's a flour-sweat mixture, is to be wiped off with a clean white linen rag and then um, wrung out over a dish. Into this dish with the flour and sweat, you mix in an egg and the cuttings of fingernails and toenails along with hair from the entire body. Though all over hair, and we talked earlier about chest hair and back hair and leg hair and pubic hair and whatever kind of the hair on your tongue, um, burn this mixture into a powder and then you sneak it uh, into your intended lover's food. So put uh, it forth in the chat, and that is an old folk magic, Jewish folk magic love spell. Wow. That is um, very intense. Um, mm. I, yeah, so what we're talking about when we say flour, because people have already questioned flour, flour, um, wheat flour, just, you know, flour. Yep. And um, and um, the sweating, you can probably also encourage more if you took a hot bath in a closed room. And um, yeah. so you're going you're gonna to wipe that off with the flour and, and wring that out. And use it, okay? Um, flour and nails, let's just say. <laughs> yes, right, like right. Very thorough. Flour. Yeah, this is this is a a complex little you know thing here, and uh, I love so it. that egg. Now you're mixing it with an egg, like you're making scrambled flour sweat, right? Well, I, and then you're adding I, the cuttings of your fingernails and toenails and hair from your entire body, samples from all parts of your body. So now we're making an omelet. Right, a fingernail, toenail, sweat, flour, egg omelet. Then you're going to burn it to a powder, and then you're going to sneak it into your intended lover's food. Okay, got that? <laughs> well, I think the flour is probably used simply as a as a vehicle to get the sweat off your body. Yes, of course, exactly. Yes, I would say that you. Yeah, you're going to probably scrape it off that linen cloth. Um, yeah. To get it to get that in, and then you're going to mix that into an egg. Um, boy, this is um, this is some stuff, folks. <laughs> this is really some stuff. Body burn. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a good one. It's a really good one. Um, so, you know, burning it burning it to a powder is of course um, always um, a one resort to get rid of these fingernails and to put them into I guess you could call a um, a digestible form. You did, wouldn't want to actually, um, you know, be feeding somebody chopped up actual fingernails. Um, there are other ways that you could do this. If you don't want to burn it to a powder, you actually could put that little stuff into a little muslin bag and again boil it in your soup stock. Just saying, uh, with the with the fingernails and hairs and the egg and all in the little um, 
bag, tight little linen or, um, uh, you know, bag. I, you know, I'm just trying to extend on different ways, different uh, ways to use such materials, but this is really wild. And um, sorry, men, this is not for you. This is absolutely <laughs> not a man's spell, okay? <laughs> but this is for men to eat. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Right. <laughs> yeah. So um, here comes our music. And um, thank you very much, Jeremy, for that fantastic ancient spell. Do you know about how old that is? Oh, uh, goodness, is it I medi- don't. Is it medieval? It, is it ancient? Classical? It's pre-medieval. It's pre-medieval, yeah. Medieval, it's okay. very early. Yeah, great old spell. Antiquity, late antiquity. All right, late antiquity. Okay, there we go. All right, now Jeremy's going to give us our closing announcements, and then we're all going to come back and say goodbye. Well, thank you, Ms. Cat and Conjurman Ollie. And thank me, Dr. Jeremy, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest is Madam Nadia of MadamNadia.com um, from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers. We will be bringing us the topic of, oh, I'm not sure, but she'll be bringing us a fascinating <laughs> And once again, we come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. And you can find Miss Cat via Lucky Mojo uh, Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjurman Ali at theconjurman.com in Mission Viejo, California. Um, the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific. 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in the archive via luckymojo.com forward slash radioshow.html. From all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you all to tune in once again at the same time next week when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Land playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Thanks a lot. All right. Next week, Madam <laughs> Nadia with Rapid Transformation Technique Hypnotherapy. It's going to be a hypnotherapy Ooh. show next week, folks. That's so why I couldn't re- Come on back for that one. That's going to be unusual. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to just say to everybody, um, thanks all for being such faithful listeners. Thanks for um, keeping us all in your thoughts. And I hope you all stay safe from the police. And from COVID-19, and that's it for me. So good night. Good night, all. Good night. Good night.